to, to go provoke anyone, like they don't want you to do that. Somebody came to me and asked me, and it was an opportunity just to share Christ with someone that is lost. So pray for Bob. He needs, he needs the Lord, needs salvation. So it made my day. It really did. We took, believe me, I was working, I was talking, I was working. It, it was a good half hour of just gospel and talking about the Lord with him. And I did explain the Trinity to him, which literally I knew he was going to be like confused but uh, for somebody that don't know the Lord. But I did explain it to him, and it was really a blessing. So anyway, pray for Bob that the Lord continue to convict his heart for salvation. I'll tell you what, all the other people that I witnessed in the workplace, this is the atheist that comes more often to me than anybody else. He comes with these questions. He always says, oh, I'm an atheist. I don't think he is an atheist. He's a searching soul. But anyway, anybody else have another blessing? Yes. Uh, who's? I have a prayer request from the stream. Okay, prayer request. Let's write that down. Ellie Yep. One second. Yeah, I know. Oh. So let's pray for her daughter. Amen. Praise the Lord. So Nellie, I'm glad that you were watching us tonight, and we will pray for your daughter. Definitely will. After the service is over, we always have our time of prayer, and we will pray for your daughter, and for you as well. So anybody else, any other blessings? Yes. When, when, you don't need the microphone? Okay. I can't hear you. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. That is a praise. Praise the Lord. That's right. So, okay. So that's a blessing to see the Lord working on people's hearts and lives and people, uh, the way the Lord uses us. I, I tell you what, this is me. Every day, every day I pray the Lord will give me an opportunity to witness to someone or to guide me to someone who is searching for him. And every day, I didn't say it happens every day, but I have that in the back of my mind, looking for someone that is searching for the Lord. And no matter where I am, where I go, that's what I like to do. And in the workplace, the Lord gives me. Uh, people say, well, you know, there's one thing. I would love to be a full-time pastor. Believe me, that would, I would. But the opportunities that you give me in the workplace all day long, it is beyond me. It is a blessing to see. Uh, I'm working right there in the harvest fields with the lost and the, and the blessing to witness those people. So anyway, with that said, let's look at 2 Samuel chapter uh, 17 and verse 23. And it says, And when Hethophel saw that his counsel was not followed, he settled his ass and arose and got him home to his house, to a city, and put his household in order, and hanged himself and died, and was buried in the sepulcher of his father. Brother, this is Hetafel, right? Hetafel. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, so much for uh, your word, the Bible. We can study. We can, we can uh, meditate on it. We can apply it to our lives, Lord. And I pray tonight as we dissect this chapter, Lord, I pray, Father, that we will do justice to this chapter. And also, Lord, we, you will give us something, Lord, we can take home with us. We can apply to our lives, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, why are you so bitter? That's the question tonight. Why are you so bitter? Some people are very bitter people. They can't help it. They get up bitter and they go to bed bitter. And the more you see them, the more bitter they become. So, I'm starting this message tonight somehow in a sad note. Uh, you look at the verse because it is actually a sad verse to read, isn't it? <laughs> so now this, verse, uh, uh, now, this verse reveals the reality of what bitterness can do in a person's heart and in mind. For those of you who don't know much about the reality of bitterness, let me elaborate a little bit on bitterness. 
bitterness is, can be compared to cancer. It starts in the heart and it begins to spread and takes roots all over your body, all over your mind. And the more uh, uh, angry you become, the more bitter you become, the more unforgiving you become, the more bitter you become, and it keeps growing. And I tell you what, there's people out there, they are very bitter people. Ever heard that? You, you hear somebody talking and somebody say, that person is a very bitter person. Well, they're showing the way they act. So bitterness uh, uh, takes root in the heart and spreads throughout the body. Uh, the, uh, the contamination of bitterness can be very severe and in some cases destructive. So it can be treated, uh, uh, be treated and a person can become bitterness-free. Uh, but, if not, bitter, uh, but if not, bitterness will take you or me to the grave. So bitterness is resentful cynicism that results in an intense antagonism or hostile towards others. A bitter person is a harsh, rude, unkind person. Uh, they, that comes that way when the person is bitter. The Bible teaches us that to get rid of, of all bitterness, us Christians, we have to get rid of all bitterness, uh, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. So if, if that, uh, it, uh, it then goes on to tell us to deal with such bitterness by being kind and compassion to other people, forgiving each other, just as Jesus has forgiven us. I think we, <laughs> uh, uh, the way the Lord says, we ought to, uh, instead of be bitterness, we have to be compassion. Instead of be bitterness, we have to care for one another. Instead of be bitter, we have to be forgiving. Instead of be, be bitter, we have, to, we have to be like Jesus. Wow, what a contrast, isn't it? From bitterness to that. So as an active uh, an adjective, the word bitter means sharp like an arrow or pungent unto the taste of this or disagreeable venom. So bitterness can affect one experiencing, uh, one experiencing profound grief or anything that acts on the mind in the way poison acts uh, uh, on the body. So bitterness is that state of mind that willingly holds on to angry feelings ready to take offense, able to break out in anger at any moment. I met through the years many bitter people. I work with one. He's very harsh, very rude, and very bitter. <laughs> and he let everybody know that he is, and he's proud of it. And it's like somebody comes to the other day, I felt so bad, this engineer approached us, and uh, he asked him a question, and he's on his little laptop doing something, and he look at him, he go, what do you want? <laughs> like a ferocious animal. And, and a guy just asked him a question, said, good morning, sir, man. And he just, what? and a man kind of could tell that he, he didn't know, that he just kind of stepped back, and he came towards me because I'm in the other side. <laughs> and I was like, then he left, and I said, could you be a little kind instead of being so rude and bitter towards the man? You don't even know the guy. You know, I, I'm, I'm used to him, so I say that to him. He doesn't really say anything to me. Because, I mean, we've been working together for almost 11 years. So I know him very well. So, but, yeah, I feel bad for the man. I was a young man. He just came to me, and he looked, kept looking at him like he, he was, uh, didn't expect that, especially first thing in the morning. <laughs> so the person who is bitter is often, like I said, resentful, cynical, harsh, cold, resentless and, and unpleasant to be around. Any expression of these characteristics is sin against the Lord. The Lord doesn't want you and me to be bitter like that. Some people, that's the way they are all day long. They're harsh. They're not, they're not kind. There's no kind words coming out of them. They're, they're resentful and, you know, and they're unpleasant to be around. You just don't, you just don't like them around. It's like, go over there. Stay over there. So <laughs> is there any cure for a bitter person? Yes, of course. As bad as this sin is, one must go to, a, to the great physician to find the cure. Listen, you cannot take pills for bitterness. No doctor is going to describe you that. Because he can go to the doctor's office and drive him bananas too, you know, with your bitterness. So, only Jesus has the cure for that. He is an expert on these things, and he can take away bitterness from my heart and your heart. Now, I'm, I'm not much of a, 
a gardener right here. No, I'm not. I, 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 I'm waiting for my tomatoes to get you know, red. We have a lot of tomatoes, don't we? <laughs> uh, Chrissy gave us two tomato plants in a vase, and they're growing up. I didn't do anything to it. Uh, she gave the plants. My grandson waters the plants, and my wife. <laughs> I didn't touch them yet. And I can see these things growing up, like, about this high now. Full of tomatoes, so I'm not much of a garden. So, uh, but I, I do not, I do know the, the the some plants, especially some weeds, will never die unless you dig what the roots out of it, right, out of the ground, to destroy them. The same thing with bitterness. Unless we go to the root and get them out, bitterness just keeps on spreading and keep on growing, and some people will die in their bitterness. So, where does bitterness come from? So bitterness come, come, uh, can come about as a result of what others do to us or say to us. Sometimes uh, somebody says something, rob us the wrong way, or, or we've been misused by somebody, and instead of forgiving the way God wants to do, we get resentful and then we get into that bitterness state. So bitterness will affect every relationship within your life, but it will affect your relationship with the Lord most of all. You follow that? The Bible talks about this. Root of bitterness is a possibility in all of us. It can be possible if we allow to. So notice this. Actually, go to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15. And let's look at this. Then we go back. Keep your finger there in 2 Samuel 17. And look what it says there in uh, uh, Hebrews 12, 15. Looking diligently, lest any man fall of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up, trouble you, and there, thereby uh, uh, many be the fire. It says at least a root of bitterness will spring out. See, it starts with a little root. It springs out. So we have to be careful. So this verse refers to a root of bitterness. It is called root because it begins hidden within the soil of the heart. From there, it roots, uh, 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 roots will intertwine themselves around your heart and, and mind until they choke the life out of you emotionally and spiritually. If allowed to grow unchecked, this root of bitterness will spring up into, into a plant that will cast a shadow over everything you are and everything you do. So a root of bitterness in your life will literally come to dominate your very existence. So I'm just giving you a little, a little per se a little, uh, snapshot of what bitterness is. So in our text, we are presented with a man who was a, he was no strange to, to a mass of, of bitterness. He had this root of bitterness in his heart. So Ahithophel, Ahithophel, Ahithophel uh, uh, met a tragic end because he allowed a root of bitterness to flourish in his life. This was a sad fate, of course, but thankfully there are lessons that, that we can learn from this tragic incident that happened here. He didn't have to do that, but he allowed that to happen. So let's look at the subject, why are you so bitter, from several points tonight. Okay, we're going to look at the life of Hithophel. Uh, Hithophel. Uh, so Hithophel's life testimony. That's number one. Every life have a testimony. Every human being have a testimony to give. And no matter if we like it or not, when we live this world, we live, we live, we leave a legacy behind us. So some people are carriers of, of a good, godly testimony. Some people are. Others are testimony of unbelief and others of pure evil. Every person carries his own testimony. So our lives are a testimony of what's going on, you know, where? Inside of our hearts. What we are in the outside, the way we speak, the way we behave, the way we walk, the places we go, it reflects what's in the inside. Okay, so it fell's life testimony. This man had a testimony to give too. Letter A, he had the testimony of a believer. So many things in this man's life give the indication that he was someone who believed in God. Or maybe fake that believing God. Number one, let's look at it in our text. He sanctified he sanctified to God. Look at the verse, verse 12. It says, And Absalom sent to uh, Ahithophel, the Gilanite, uh, David's counselor. See, this guy is David's counselor. From his city, even unto uh, Gilad, 
while he offered sacrifices. And the conspiracy was strong for the people increased continually with Absalom. But right in the middle of that verse, he says, while he offered sacrifices. So the very first time Ahithophel appears in the Bible, he appears engaged in the act of worship. This indicates that he was a keeper of the law and a worshiper of the Lord. So this man was a religious man. This was a man who maybe faked that love God or really loved God. So we don't know. I don't know because I don't live in this time. I don't know. I just can look what the Bible says right here. But this man gives us indication of someone that was a believer or someone that just was religious. Okay? So number two, he spoke for God. We see this in verse in 2 Samuel 16, 23, if you go there. It says, In the council of Hetaphel, which he counseled in those days, was as, as if a man and inquired at the oracle of God, so was all the counsel of Ahithophel, both with David and with Absalom. So Ahithophel had the reputation of a man who give, who give good, godly counsel. In fact, this verse says that the, he the hearing of, of the word from Ahithophel was just like getting the word directly from the mouth of God. So there's a man that spoke godly. It was a man that David trusted. It was a man that when it was, David, was David's counsel. So they, David trusted this man, also his son as well. So it was a man that you would go to him and you would go, wow. So he spoke for God. Let it be, or let it be, he was a serving man. So reading about this man's life teaches us that he did not just believe in God, but he also served God with, by serving others. Number one there, he was a counselor to God's man. Then in verse, uh, uh, actually we go back to 2 Samuel 15, 12. Look what it says there. And Absalom sent for Ahithophel, the Gilonite, David's counsel from his city, even to Gilah, uh, while he offered sacrifices. And the conspiracy was strong, for the people increased continually with Absalom. So the, uh, I, I, it was a counselor to God's men, of course, both to David and now to Absalom. And we know Absalom is David's son who was trying to dethrone his father. So we're going to see what this man uh, uh, Ahithophel does here. So great leaders always surround themselves with good counselors. And David was no exception. So Ahithophel was one of the, of the men David trusted for advice and direction, and he governed the nation of Israel. I think it's a wise thing if uh, both the president surrounds himself with good people that he can trust, right? I mean, that's what you want to do. And also, if, in those days, a king, the same thing. So Ahithophel uh, was one of David's counsel. Obviously, David trusted this man to be in that place. Number two, he was a companion of God's man. We see this in Psalm 41.9. It says, Yea, mine own family, a familiar friend, in whom I trusted. This is this verse right here, Psalm 49.1, goes together with uh, uh, 2 Samuel chapter 17 here. But look what it says. As a result of what Ahithophel does to David, it, this is David confessing, says, Yea, mine own familiar friend, in whom I, in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, had lifted up his heels against me. You see, David trusted this man. He was one of his counselors. And this man was considered to be one of David's friends. What are we going to see as we go down? Because of the bitterness of this man's heart, he betrays David. And David right here is crying, crying out to the Lord. And he, he's, you can see the heart of David is hurt because a friend betrayed him. So... In this psalm, which looks back to on the tragedy of Ahithophel's life, David refers to him as a familiar friend. The word familiar comes from the same root that is often translated peace. This man were a, was a peace on, uh, uh, I'm sorry, these men were at peace with, with another. They were as close as men could be. So the word friend comes from a word that can be translated great uh, champion. So I think that it is using these two words David is using, Ahithophel uh, and I were closer than brothers. I know David has a brother, that a friend, Jonathan, that it was closer than a brother with him. They were very good friends. But this one right here comes, Ahithophel, and the way David describes this man, there's another friend that J David have. And of course, David's crying out there because of what he did for 
uh, to uh, David is two things. Jonathan was a friend to David until he died. He was always a friend to David. This guy, Ahithophel, was a friend to David, but he betrays David. That's why David is crying out right here. So, so I think that using these two words, David is using Ahithophel as, like I already said that, so he was a friend to the man of God, David. So note, in spite of the fact that Ahithophel give, give every outward indication that all was well between him, himself and the Lord, and between himself and David, there was something working in his heart that would destroy everything in the days ahead. So even during these times of, in his life, Ahithophel was being eaten alive from the inside out. And by an event that, that had happened years early, and we're going to look at that in his life, and such event, like a cancer, kept growing and kept growing and kept growing until this man got the opportunity to use all that bitterness towards someone that he considered a friend, all the other one considered a friend. So such an event was eating him up him and from inside out, and that bitterness continued to grow through the years. So I uh, note this. I pointed out that, that all those positive things from the life of Hattafel, to, to say this to you, you cannot always tell how the outward signs, what is happening in a person's heart. You cannot always tell. Somebody might be, look like, and sometimes you go, you go like, get surprised when you hear news about someone, and you say, how could that be? Such a person looks so happy and so joyful. And this and you go on and on and on. Such a person was so kind. How can that be? Sometimes is, so to speak, the tumors are growing within, within inside until they burst out. And that's what this man comes to be at one point. So, yeah, so you may think, maybe thinking, preacher, no one here has a root of bitterness in his heart. After all, we all, uh, we all love, church, love church people. I mean, we are church people. Well... We have a smile, and if you have a smile on our face, we have, and we, we are joyful, joyful sometimes and, and worshiping the Lord together, but we have to be careful that we don't allow bitterness to grow because it starts. It's small and small. If we allow it, we can feed it and feed it and feed it. For an example, I, I learned when I was dealing with cancer, certain foods that you eat and certain things that you use are not good for tumors because it causes the tumors to grow. So you avoid those things. So in order for you to maybe live a little longer, or maybe like, like, like you know, uh, the Lord just taught me those things, use the people to teach me those things. One thing I learned, you stay away from sugar because it causes tumors to grow. So anyway, the same thing with bitterness. If we give the food, the, the right food, the bitterness to grow, bitterness continues to grow like a big tumors. So, folks, a, a person can go on for several years looking healthy in the outside and have cancer tumors growing in the inside. So is a bitter person. Bitterness can go undetected in the lives of people because we cannot see the inside of anyone's hearts. Bitterness is a silent killer. So I think Ahithophel is about to teach us that what you see on the outside does not always reflect or shows the condition of the heart of a person. So for sure, all of us are capable of hiding from outside world what really is going in the inside of our hearts. That's why sometimes it's good to talk. It's good to share uh, the emotions of our heart and the pains of our soul. We don't want to allow bitterness to grow because if you share it, if you bring it out, you know what? It goes out. Not there anymore. You follow that? It's good to share it, to get out. So because keeping it in, keeping it in, it just, it can give food to those things to begin to grow. So Ahithophel did many good things. He served the Lord in the temple and he served his people. He did everything in such a way that people had the most high respect for him. So this man was not like some guy to walk around. This guy was a high respected man. Even the king respected him and had him as a friend. So Ahithophel, like I said, did many good things. So he was one of the king's advisors, can you imagine? A man respected and trusted by the king. This, uh, but this man uh, had, a, had a, a secret that was eating his heart out. He had a secret that contaminated his heart with bitterness. 
And the bitterness was waiting for the, for the right time, the right opportunity to show his ugly head. But you know what? Let me put some, say something this way. When a person is bitter and keeps feeding on bitterness, you know he's, who, who is hurting the most? Himself or herself, whoever that person is. Because that thing will keep on destroying that person. That's what it does. Because if the person has a good way of hiding, nobody knows what's going on. Only that person knows, and that person is literally destroying himself. So what is the bottom line? What you see, what you see is not always what we, you get. People tend to try to hide a lot of themselves from others. But we all need to remember God sees it all, even that which you think you're hidden. God knows us from inside out. Look what it says in Hebrews 4.13. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open into the eyes of him with whom he, we have to do. So God knows what's going inside of our hearts. What's going, God knows everything about us. Sometimes we think nobody knows, but God knows. So, okay. So, number one, we see Hattafel's life testimony. Number two, Hattafel's tragic life. So, again, like cancer can go unknown Unknown notice for some time. A person can have cancer for a long time, and the person don't even know. But eventually, that person will notice that something is wrong with their body, or they will be diagnosed, uh, uh, and they will eventually go to the doctor and will be diagnosed with cancer. You know, cancer brings us signs. There is signs before it shows us ugly head. Something is not right with our bodies. So the same way bitterness can go on no, uh, no notice for some time, but eventually will begin to, people begin to take notice, or the person even notice something is not right. A person can, can hide bitterness for some time, but there will come a point in that person's life on which bitterness will totally will dominate that person's heart and mind. So the bitterness that was hidden within the heart of Ahithophel finally came out. Notice how it manifests itself in his life. Number one, or letter A, we see a rebellious conspiracy. See, his bitterness grow through the years as he was one of, of, of the king's advisors. But when the opportunity came, it turned into a rebellious conspiracy. That is, that is, that is the uh, bitterness taking place now, not coming out and showing his, his ugly head. And we see this here in these verses. So when David, sons Absalom, rebel against his father, Ahithophel saw his chance to enact his revenge upon King David. So Ahithophel joined the rebellion and stood against God's anointed man or the anointed king. Uh, actually, in uh, uh, 2 Samuel 15, 31, says, it says these words, And one told David, saying, actually, go there, uh, uh, um, 2 Samuel 15, um, 31. And we are in 2 Samuel 17, right? Here we go. Let me get back to my place right here. I think I passed it. Yeah, I did pass it. Just give me a chance here. I, so what happened when you flip with electronics. <laughs> Look what it says. And one told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, O oh Lord, I pray thee, turn the counsel of Ahithophel unto foolishness. You see, David knew that this man was a man that knew what he talked about, was a good counselor. And David begs the Lord to turn his uh, counseling to foolishness. But somebody told David, hey, you know why you, your friend has just betrayed you. Actually, Psalm uh, 41.9 and says, yea, my own familiar friend. It goes together with this passage right here. In whom I trusted, which did eat at my table, had lifted his, head, his heel against me. So we see, he started the, the bitterness of this man that was from within, comes out, and shows itself in a rebellious conspiracy. Not let it be, in an evil counsel. 
That's what he comes out. Is, is his bitterness coming out? Out of his hatred for David, Ahithophel gave Absalom two words of counsel. The first rec recommendation was, was assigned to disgrace King David. Uh, we see this in 2 Samuel chapter 16, verse 20 to 23. What do we see there? By having Absalom go into his father's concubines and, a, and publicly disgrace David and created a rift between father and son that could never be healed. That's the counsel of this man. He told Absalom, you go do this. You know what he did? He did exactly that. He disgraced his father publicly, humiliated his father. Secondly, second recommendation was designed to destroy King David in 2 Samuel 17, 1-4. As I text tonight, at this second piece of advice, Ben follow it, it, would, it, would, it is possible that David could have been defeated. But David prayed here. So we see evil counsel. Number two, as this bitterness come out, we see a sad ending. Look at verse 23. And when Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed, he settled his ass and arose and get a, 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 him home to his house and to a city and put his household in order and hang himself and died and was buried in the sepulchre of his father. You see what bitterness can take you? This guy was so bitter... And when he see that his plan didn't work out, and now he's been he's been uh, 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 been detected because King David already knew about him, and the only solution now with his bitterness, he went and hanged himself. He literally that's where that's what happened to bitterness, and how it keeps going, keeps going, keeps going to a point that the person it destroys a person. So thankfully, David had a friend in Absalom's court, a man by the name of uh, Ushai. Ushai had originally planned to go with David when he flee from Absalom, but David requested that he stay behind in the city to try uh, uh, and overthrow the council of Ahithophel, uh, uh, and he did. So Ushai comes to Absalom and professes loyalty in 2 Samuel 16, uh, 16 to 19. After he's gained Absalom's confidence, Ushai contradicts the wise counsel of Ahithophel, 2 Samuel 17, 1-22, which results in Absalom accepting Hushai's counsel and David being warned of what is about to take place, and thus David is spared. Isn't that God good? God is good. Amen. And God is protecting his, his king, David, a man after his own heart. And, and, and now this, everything comes, comes to the surface right here. And we see this man, what he's planned to do, as, as, and as he's planned that bitterness, you know what? It doesn't come to pass because God is in control. So, of course, the key verse is 2 Samuel 17, 14. God, God was behind all this intrigue because David, not Absalom, was the king of Israel. Actually, look at verse 14 of uh, 2 Samuel 17. Look in the... Uh, actually... Um, uh, let's look, read the whole verse. And Absalom and all the men of Israel said... The council of Yushai, the archite, is better than the council of, of uh, Ahithophel. For the Lord had appointed to defeat the good council of Ahithophel to the intent that the Lord might bring evil upon Absalom. God was with, 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 uh, do behind the scenes, and God was uh, protecting David here. And you know what? And the man is exposed. So when Ahithophel sees that his council has been rejected and that his plan defeated, and destroyed David at uh, and destroyed David had failed. He returns to his house, puts everything in order. I don't know why he does that and commits suicide. What a tragic end to what can be a good life, isn't it? Note this: Ahithophel did all these evil things because there was a root of bitterness in his heart. He hated David, and he had merely pretend to be his friend all those years. At the root of bitterness, as the root of bitterness grew in his life, he had to felt lost sight of his walk with the Lord. Everything of value in his life had been choked out, and he was left with nothing but bitterness and hatred. The root of bitterness had utterly consumed this man. And I tell you what, that's what can happen to any one of us if we allow bitterness to, to grow in our hearts. It will destroy us. You know what? If you have something in your heart, don't let it stay there. Talk out. Look for somebody to listen to you and talk it out. Don't let it grow. Because if we let it grow, that's what happens. 
It can turn into bitterness, and ultimately, we will be hurting ourselves more than anybody else and destroy ourselves. So note this, as tragic as these events may be, I would like to point out that none of us is immune to bitterness. One can, one can get angry at someone, and the feeling of revenge can turn into bitterness. You are hurt, and you want them to be hurt, to get hurt too. You are offended, and so you give them the cold shoulder, or purposely go out of your way to avoid having to speak to such a person. You think you are hurting them, but in, re- in reality, let me tell you this, you are hurting yourself. So, so how? Friend, bitterness will kill no one, listen to this, but you. That's what bitterness will do. I'll say to people, and some people say, oh, somebody said this about you. That happened in the workplace all the time. Hey, so-and-so said the same thing about you over there. I said, I don't care. <laughs> if, if it fills their bellies up, let them talk. Why don't I want to waste my time going over there because somebody said that? Ah. <laughs> that's, believe me, that's what I do. You know what I do? I pray for them. I pray for them. And sometimes, even if it's somebody that I'm close to, especially the guys that I work with, I go to them and say, so, what did you say about me that is so bad? <laughs> How do you know that? I'm like, well, there's, you know, the news travel all the way to the other side. I'm just curious. I want to read you. <laughs> sometimes, you know, uh, we work together every day. Might as well, you know, and just buddy up for a little time. Anyway, but anyway. So when you and I allow bitterness over the hurts, and slight and even uh, in, uh, slight and event in, uh, of life control us, we will co- committedly or, or uh, slowly would go in spiritual suicide. So we are, we are allowing our very spiritual life to be strangled right before us. So what we do say, so it had to fell tragic life. Number three, we see it had to fell the parting legacy. So as we look at Hetafel's life, I think you will agree with me that his life went up in a tragic or in a great tragedy. Why? If he didn't allow bitterness to, to fill his heart and dominate his mind and heart, he would not go along with Absalom, especially knowing a man that had so much wisdom to give, to be next to the king to give him advice. This man should know better than that. But, but what happened was is the bitterness that was in his mind and heart totally made him think differently and look for the opportunity to get even. So his life is a lesson, uh, is a, uh, his life is a lesson in foolishness. This man truly lives up to his name. Ahetophel means brother of folly or brother of ruin. So it goes right with his name. So know what happened to him. I think we would all confess that we do not want the same thing to happen to us. So what lessons can we uh, take away from this study tonight? The reason that produce is fall. We're going to look, so, as a pastor, what, this, what did in the world this man do? <laughs> as I know you guys are like, as, what in the world this man do? He got to do something. What did he do? Well, he did something. Let's look at it. So I have talked a lot about Ahetophel's bitterness, but I have not yet told you what he was what he was bitter, bitter over. What in the world was he bitter over? I think we need to know. Do you need to know? You want to know? All right, let's look at it. So this man had, had been faithful, a faithful servant to the king. Uh, he came to the king and he, he, he served David. So he, de, he determined in his heart to get vengeance on David for what he did to Bathsheba and Uriah. So the desire for revenge was so upset him that he ceased to be a servant of the Lord and began to, to serve his own sinful desires. So it brings some light on you, Bathsheba and Uriah. Okay, so he knew that Absalom's ambitions but kept them hidden from David and he cooperated with the, the crown prince to, in, the, in the palace. So, so when that happened, he was right next to him. So amazingly, both Hetafel and Absalom, listen to this, went up hanging in a tree. You know how both died? He wouldn't hang himself. The other one was in the, whatever, horse or mule, whatever it was, and he got stuck in the trees, and, of course, and Joab came about and, and killed him, but he was hanging on the tree. Both of them were hanging on a tree. Amazingly. So, now, there are three passages that reveal the reason behind this man's bitterness and hatred toward David. 
So I want you to go with me to those passages so you can see for yourself. You can write them down. 2 Samuel 11, 3. All right, so this is important passages. So it says, and you there? Okay, so, and David sent and inquired after the woman, and one said, is not this, pay attention to these words, Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, keep that name in mind there, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite. We have the tendency to look at Bathsheba and the wife of Uriah, the Hittite. We forget a name in the middle there. It's called Eliam. So go to 2 Samuel, uh, uh, 2 Samuel 15, 12. 2 Samuel 15, 12. So we're going to compare these verses. It says, In Absalom sent to Ahithophel the Gilanite, David's counselor, from his city, even to Gilah, uh, while he offered sacrifices, and the conspiracy was strong, for the people increased continually with Absalom. So, go to 2 Samuel 23:34. So we're going to compare 2 Samuel 23:34 to 2 Samuel 11:3. All right, we're going to find a clue here. Why this man was so bitter? Okay, let's look there and 34. Let's look at the end of the verse, not the beginning, but the end of the verse. It says, Eliam, the son of Ahithophel, the Gilanite. You follow that? So, if you look at 2 Samuel 11, 3, who is Eliam there? The wife and the daughter of Eliam. Eliam is Bathsheba's who? Father. And right here it says, Eliam, the son of Ahithophel. Seems like that Ahithophel is Bathsheba's grandfather. You got that? Okay, you got that? Let's look, let's look back. Look at 2 Samuel 11, 3. Look in the middle of the verse. See the daughter of Eliam, okay? Now go to 2 Samuel 23, 34. It says, in the end of the verse, Eliam, the son of Ahithophel, the Gilanite. Now, according to these verses, Ahithophel was the father of Eliam, which was the father of Bathsheba. So that, according to the, this verse, if, if, okay, if, I'm just saying if, I'm not saying it is, but if, David's personal advisor, who goes by the name of Ahithophel, is the same man that we read in 2 Samuel 11, 3, or 2 Samuel 15, 12, and 2 Samuel 23, 34, then we are talking about Bathsheba's grandfather here. If it is the same man. Now we can understand his bitterness and his thirst for revenge. What did he do to his granddaughter? What did he do to his, to his, uh, to, uh, his granddaughter's husband? He have him killed. If this man was really Bathsheba's grandfather, now we understand why the bitterness. He got to be his counsel, but through the years, look what he did. He was right next to David looking for the right opportunity. And bitterness and bitterness and resentment kept on growing. So I'm saying if, okay, if. Because sometimes there are names in the Bible. We don't have last names in the Bible. So we have these names in different verses. Some like the apostles have apostles with the same names. So I said if these verses and the man that we read in tonight is the same man, that this man is Bathsheba's grandfather. So therefore, when Ahithophel saw David, David's son Absalom overthrown the, uh, the government of his father. He joined the forces. He joined with the traitor. And his goal is to get rid of, uh, of David. So Absalom was the light to have the wisest man in the kingdom on his side. And he asked him to help establish his kingdom, making the break with the former government of David. So David had, had treated his, uh, his granddaughter like he was, was playing and had arranged the murder of her husband, Uriah the Hittite. I mean... Let's put it in If this man was right, the man we're talking about tonight, can you see the bitterness and the resentment? What you did to my granddaughter's husband, and you, what you did to her, and you take her as your, as your wife, and this man was there. And David probably, oh, that's my wife's grandfather, uh, so it's okay. So can you set the danger of allowing a root of bitterness to flourish in your life? Yet, in all of this, Ahithophel forgot two important truths here. Let it be, the remedies that prevent our failure. With all this in mind, 
what can we do to avoid being consumed by a root of bitterness? Thankfully, the Bible holds the answer to this question. What can you and I do so you and I don't have bitterness in our hearts? So you don't some harsh and cold and callous and rude. You know, like the guy that I work with. <laughs> I, I, I like some days when I, I'm a little more upbeat in the morning and I say, Hey, good morning. How are you this morning? What do you, what do you think? You think I'm happy like you? <laughs> I said, and I, I'm not kidding you. And I say, you want like a dollar to smile? <laughs> He's a funny. He's a, uh, he looks like one of those guys in the Muppet show. You know, the guy, the, the, the critics in the side. I am not kidding you. I like, you know, his hair and his style and, and his... And his things in here and on top of his eyes were sticking out, like make him look like, like, like mean. And I just laugh at him. So anyway, I, very, I'm telling you, very intelligent man. Very, very intelligent. You may want to lose something from him, but oh goodness, he's bitter. <laughs> so thankfully, the Bible holds uh, answers to that question. Number one, how do we don't allow, how we, what's the remedy that prevents our failure? So, number one, don't allow a root of bitterness to flourish in your heart. When you harbor resentment in your heart and grudges, you run the risk of becoming bitter. And the person who will hurt the most, it will be you. Bitterness will consume your entire body and will destroy you. Folks, life is too short for us to hold a grudge. You got that? Life is just too short for us to hold a grudge and resentment. It really is. Go to First John, First uh, uh, John one nine. How we get away with bitterness? Don't allow. So we go to the Lord and you say what the Bible says. First John one nine. If look what it says. If big word. <laughs> See the Bible speaks so loud to us, and sometimes when little word if that means if you confess, right? If if. Look what it says. If we confess our sins. I mean, if you don't confess, you're gonna, it's going to grow in you. But if you confess, look what it says. Our sin. Look what it says. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all bitterness, unrighteousness. You see that? But it says if. You've got to confess it. All right? Number two. Give your hurts to the Lord. Give your hurts to the Lord. What happened yesterday can never be changed. But you, you, you do hold the key to tomorrow. In Jesus, we can find comfort of all of our hurts. Words can hurt, right? And uh, if we allow those, hurts, those hurt words to stay in our hearts, guess what happens? We begin to hurt ourselves even more because we don't let it go. Let it go. Look what it says. Go to Matthew eleven twenty eight. So you get all a load of all kinds of hurts. You're walking with hurts on top of your shoulders, and, and it's getting bigger and bigger. And let's say it's already 100 pounds. Imagine you're walking up the street with 100 pounds on your back. Imagine in a day like this, all right? It's what, almost 100 degrees outside? And imagine you come, uh, let's say, uh, from your house to church. You're walking with a 100-pound weight. Of hurts on top of you. How you make it to church? You're going to dehydrate. Yeah, you're going to have a lot of aches. Right? It's going to hurt. But let me tell you. Give your hurts to the Lord. Look what it says in Matthew 11.28. Come unto me, all ye that labor, and are heavy laden. What it says? And I will give you rest. Second Corinthians 12.9. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So where we fail, He prevails. Even with all of our hurts, He gives us, He gives you grace to go on trusting Him. Let the world talk. Let the world talk. Go on. Number three. Don't allow hatred and anger reside in your heart. Don't allow that to reside in your heart. 
Why in the world you're going to allow hatred to reside inside of your heart? Look what it says. Actually, go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 27. Let's go there and see what the Lord says. How we get, don't allow, how, how, how the root of bitterness don't go in our hearts. First, we confess our sin. It's saying, if you confess, so we confess our sin. And secondly, we do, we give our hurts to the Lord. Thirdly, don't allow anger, hatred and anger to reside in your heart. Look what it says. Be ye angry, righteous anger, and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. You know what that means? Plain, modern English. Don't go to bed angry. That's it. Don't go to bed angry. Don't lose your good night's sleep. <laughs> you know? That's why I take my uh, little, uh, what do you call that thing? Always forget. That natural melatonin. melatonin. There you go. Take melatonin. I just take it. It knocks me right out. <laughs> I, that's it. No, I'm, I'm just kidding with you. I'm thinking because of other other things. <laughs> but anyway, it says, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. So don't go to bed angry. Give it to the Lord. It says, Neither give place to the devil. Aha! Uh -huh. So if you go to bed angry, here comes a dude, you know, sits next to you in bed and says, Whispered on your ear, and if you turn the, the, your head to the other side because you can't sleep, he goes on this ear and he whispers, and you and you get a little. Then you turn to the other side and go in the other side, and that goes on all night. <laughs> and you wake up in the morning, you're ready to face the day. Tired, right? <laughs> so <laughs> you must bring your bitterness to the Lord and leave it to the Lord. This man had to fell did something that was wrong. He let bitterness to consume him, and he looked for the opportunity. In the end, guess who lost? He did. He killed himself. So I conclude with this. Was what David was forgiven by the Lord, but his actions were never forgiven by some who were affected by. David was forgiven by God, but someone never forgave David. One of those men was a head to fell. Folks, every single one of us will experience many different types of hurts through our lifetime. We will meet people in our walk of life that will hurt us, will be rude to us, will mock us, and evil, even will do evil to us. We can never control what others do. You got that? What others think, what others speak, and the way others act. The only thing... You can control is yourself. Grudges, resentment, bitterness is something that we make a decision to nurture in our hearts. So refuse to do that every time they try to creep in your heart. Because if you do, do it, the only person or per, a person you will hurt, it will be you. So what we do, give your hurts to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. I mean, we know that as long as we live in this world, we will face people like that. They will come along, be rude to you, mean to you, unkind to you, do evil to you, and all that. You know what we do? We forgive and we go on and keep going marching on. Because otherwise, if we allow those resentments to keep coming in our hearts, we're going to hurt the most. It's us. Life is too short for us to live with hurts. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord. This passage of